Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers! Oh, the silent treatment, is that how it is now? I've said, hello, Buglers! <laughs> OK, you're not being passive-aggressive at the other end of this microphone. I am Andy Zaltzman. I'm in London, the famous British celebrity that uh, plays host to such famous tourist attractions as St Paul's Cathedral. Statistically, one of the most successful cathedrals in the world based on the percentage of prayers answered by the Almighty Lord. It's at 14.89% currently, which is uh, very high up the list, although St Paul himself, of course, never came to London. But uh, recognisable brand, and uh, it's the city, you do what you can. Uh, also in this city, we have the River Thames, one of the best-performing rivers in its length category, the sub-250-mile river class, particularly <laughs> after the uh, star Russian river, the Volga, was disqualified after turning out to have been more than 2,000 miles too long, as they're nothing the Russians won't cheat at. <laughs> they uh, got the 70-kilometre-long uh, Syrian river, the Yarmouk, to pretend it was the Volga. Ban them all, I say. Other attractions in this city include some benches, a hedge, Eric the Pigeon still pecking away amongst the other pigeons, once apparently pecked some seeds, out of the hands of one of the Spice Girls, according to rumour, though that is unconfirmed at this stage, and the British Institute of Low-Level Grumbling About Stuff in general, one of the most <laughs> powerful behind-the-scenes influence in British politics. Joining me this week on The Bugle, returning to The Bugle um, for the first time in 2018, it's w- welcome back to Tiff Stevenson. Hi. Hello, Tiff. I was, I, I was waiting to see for the first time since what, and just the beginning of a new year. Right, yes, for the first for- time since... Um, well, the England lost the Ashes as well. So <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There is that. Um, it's probably not a massive event in your life. I uh, no, it was. It was. I, I mourned for a couple of days. Right. I mean, I didn't. No. I've had the boyfriend gloating over the fact that Scotland beat England at the rugby and he doesn't even like rugby. <laughs> but just an opportunity to stuck it to the English. Um, so, yeah, but uh, a pleasure to be here in the snow. Yes, I mean it's been a snow apocalypse here in London. We've done very well to survive this long. Really. <laughs> I like that right. you avoided snowmageddon. Yes, which has been uh, popularised by people looting in Tesco's just in case they get trapped in their house. Yeah, snowmageddon is how it's been described. Right. Well, that's what that's what supermarkets are for in these yeah. difficult times. <laughs> and joining us for the fir- for the first time on the bugle. For the first time since ever. Since since the beginning of time, since <laughs> the Big Bang started this whole sorry process off. They're giving the people what they want, <laughs> me. Fresh from co-hosting the Unbelievable Ashes podcast. <laughs> um, we can talk about the England losing again if you like. I'm really surprised you didn't thing, bring no. that up um, with me. Uh, it is... <laughs> Well, you've already heard her. Now find out her name. If you don't know. It is Felicity Ward. Hello. Hello. It's great to have you on. Hello. On the you do you do the same hello. You did the same hello for the unbelievable. Ashes. Well, it's all about branding, isn't it? It is. I yeah. love it so much, right. though. I don't know why it's funny. Just you going hello. <laughs> Actually, there's an ad campaign in Australia. Uh, I think it's. I don't think it's Harvey Norman, but it starts off. It goes hello, uh, my name, and it sounds a little bit like that. Maybe right. you're just making me homesick. Okay, I mean, I'm really looking for a career in jing- jingles. Uh, maybe that's that's to be the first. Step. I didn't know the hello is important. I I want to do a new one. Hi hi hi. <laughs> right there uh, you go. Yeah, that's branding. So well, we are here on the second of March, uh, 2018. Um, it's the anniversary. Of the 2nd of March in 1770, (laughs) and to commemorate the 301st anniversary of a truly historic moment, it was the first ballet ever performed in England. 
entitled The Loves of Mars and Venus, um, which sounds like a slightly dubious 1970s film. But it was, in fact, the first ballet performed in England, and to commemorate this historic moment in the history of British prancing, uh, we are giving out a free <laughs> bit of DIY audio ballet. <laughs> Stand on your tippy toes. Waggle your arms around a bit. Stick one leg in the air. Look sad. Fall over slowly. <laughs> Get back up. Slowly. Spinny, spinny. Waggle arms and a leg. Jump up and down. Well done. Uh, this is issue 4061 of The Bugle. Oh, my God. Are uh, you tired? Oh, well, well, no. It's, I mean, this, this, it's a bit cheaty. Yes, well, we did cheat. We skipped out from 294 to 4,000. Um, so. <laughs> That's still a lot of records. Yeah, when, I, when we relaunched, we... Uh, they are recorded, we just haven't put them out yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, go, go, when, but if you ever hear any episode numbered between 295 and 3,999, it will be a sign that nuclear war is imminent. Oh, God. Are they in, like, a locked file? None of your business. <laughs> Very snappy off the top. Okay, yeah. all right. Wow. This is uh, the bugle for the week, beginning uh, Monday, the fifth of March, uh, and on this day in 1616, uh, Nicholas Copernicus's smash hit book on the revolutions of the heavenly spheres, <laughs> which also sounds like a dodgy 1970s film, uh, well, that was added to the Index of Forbidden Books uh, by the Catholic Church 73 years after it was first published. But of course, then the damage had already been done. The sun had ceased to revolve around the earth. <laughs> We'd lost our place at the centre of the universe. And, well, literally that sense of declining influences behind both the Trump and the Brexit votes recently. So thanks a f***ing lot, Copernicus, you sky-bothering star pervert. You f***ing Snoopy telescope gawping at naked galaxies and shit. Filth monster. Cop off, mate. Cop off. And that's two weeks in a row Copernicus has been on the show. He's a hot topic. He really is. How many of those stars me too him yet? Well, not yet, but... Matter of time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's just the male gaze, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Hey, hey, <laughs> not a moment too soon. Um, uh, on this day in 1953, Joseph Stalin, the pin-up boy of Soviet authoritarianism, 25-time USSR celebrity being a brutal <laughs> despot series winner. What a series that was. Uh, he popped his clogs. Died. Thought that might get a cheer from you two. Hey! Massive fans. I, ju- I just like the fact that you had to explain what popped his clogs was, just right. in case we weren't sure. Well, it wasn't so much you. I don't. I don't know if it's, it's quite a Brit- is it quite a British phrase to pop one's clogs. I don't know. I mean, you'd think, think it'd it was be Dutch. Dutch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just pop them. What happens? Do they just presume that when you die, the gases just like I don't build mean, up and yeah. fire your clogs off the end of your feet, well, and that's yes. popping your clogs? Yeah. As we all know, there are valves at the end of your toes that are only revealed when you do die. <laughs> that is biology. Can't fight it. Science. It's science, science guys. Bit of science. Um, <laughs> as always, a section of this esteemed audio newspaper is going straight in the bin. Uh, this week, we are looking at tech startups. Now, Spotify this week was valued at twenty-three billion pounds dollars. <sighs> Uh, so, well, pounds is the way the exchange rate is going. Um, and we give you the Bugle Business Guide to tips for tech startups to invest your hard-earned virtual money in, including Nullify, an app that deletes all your photos, music, videos, <laughs> and everything else in your digital life and prevents you accessing anything outside your immediate three-foot circle. Rumoured to boost human productivity by 18,000%. Just at the idea stage, the market value, $100 billion. Uh, also, Bubble Up, 
That prevents any people's stories or opinions intruding into your own personal political bubble. Uh, so far, just three lines of code and a pencil drawing of a cartoon bubble. That's worth $250 billion. Um, and uh, Testify. That's a new app that turns your favourite novel into a test match scorecard. <laughs> and, of course, as we know... Good test match. It's like a good novel in terms of com- narrative complexity. That is worth $1.4 trillion. Huge demand for that in, in this room, in, the testify. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, 60, 66% of the people in this room would would get that, I reckon. I'd really? Love it. Yeah. How yeah. much is it to download? To download uh, for you, uh, 20 grand. For me. Oh, that is a hot price. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> anyway, that section in the bin. Top story this week, the world. Uh, All kinds of things happening (laughs) in the world, and we're going to take you through the most important of them. Beginning in uh, China, where Xi Jinping... China. Yes, thanks for that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Xi Jinping, I like saying it. It's a lovely collection of syllables. It really is. It's satisfying. Um, And we might be able to say it for basically eternity now, because uh, he is uh, essentially in the process of a massive power grab to make himself life president. Mm. Prez for life. um, Of uh, of China. And, more importantly, China, as part of this, uh, they'll temporarily ban the letter N (laughs) from all speech and conversation, if I may exaggerate the story. Slightly. Therefore, Could you say that again? <laughs> um, that was me trying to say again without the letter I, I, in. We got, got it. We got it, mate. Good, cool, cool. Well, that would just check in. technically mean that China would now be Chia, yep. which is a seed, not a country. Yeah. yeah. So they banned Winnie the Pooh and the letter N, like a kind yeah. of totalitarian Sesame Street. <laughs> I don't know what the Winnie the Pooh thing is. Apparently, he's been compared to Winnie the Pooh. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't wear pants either. Jing, yes, because that's the main thing I know about Winnie the Pooh. He did also try to bring down Mao Zedong when he was first in power. Winnie the Pooh. He, Winnie the Pooh. He nipped off from Ashdown Forest in <laughs> southeast England with Piglet, of course. Never seen again. Um, <laughs> with a jar of honey. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting comparison, though, Mao, because obviously you know there was a charismatic leader a long time ago who said he was for the poor who brought in a totalitarian regime, and that ended well, didn't it? So I thought you were talking yeah. about Jesus for a second there. I think I've got, I've got my stories mixed up. Have you guys ever been? No, I haven't. I've, oh, I've been to Honkers. <laughs> I've been what? to Hong Kong. What? Oh, Honkers. Sorry. Right. Sorry, is that... I genuinely I didn't like know a... why you didn't understand yeah. what I was saying. I'm like, the country. I thought right. that was honkers like a strip well. club or something. Yeah, no, yeah. I was like, wow, okay. It is. <laughs> honkers. It's, it's like, a, it's like a, um, a generic version of Hooters, but they didn't want to, you know... They, they didn't, didn't want to copy go. the name, so they they're like honkers. They didn't. They didn't want to bother with the t-shirt. Yeah, that's right. They just went straight for underwear. They just do topless yum cha <laughs> at honkers. <laughs> when I was there, right, everywhere you go, they've got all these like Chairman Mao ashtrays, mugs. Um, I bought my boyfriend this like bright red Chairman Mao t-shirt. He put it in the wash, and it destroyed all the other clothes, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was beautifully it's a ironic. Sign. Yeah, like there's a forced collectivization cycle on the machine. Um, <laughs> But it that it, it's it's terrifyingly close to what to going down the road that that Mao went down, and that ended like ninety million lives. Well, I mean that's uh, I mean that's less than ideal, isn't it? I mean that's uh, <laughs> that's even worse than what John Major did here. <laughs> uh, no, no, never really hit the news because there were there were hopes that China would become uh, more open, liberal, democratic as it became more of a sort of global force um but it's almost as if china has taken a look at how we in the open liberal democratic democracies 
uh, of uh, of the Western liberal open democratic world are conducting our open liberal democracies and thought, you know, let's f***ing hold fire on that. Let's <laughs> have a few I don't trouble. think it's working. <laughs> Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> They're looking at North Korea and going, what can we learn from those guys? <laughs> that seems to be going really well. They've got snappy haircuts, like the cut of their gym. All right. um, also, uh, abolishing constitutional time limits on presidential mm. terms. We all know who's watching that and thinking... Oh, that is a very good idea. Brilliant. I don't know if we have them in Australia. I really, we seem to get through prime ministers about once every eight months. In I Australia. know, I know. We're we're, uh, we're we've got a good metabolism. What can I say? <laughs> um, John Howard though was in for like eleven or twelve years, yeah. and that felt like an eternity. And he did some bad things. Um, it's like when you're watching a film that's critically acclaimed, and you're like. I mean, I don't get it. This just feels like a thin red line. I remember watching that going, I just, I'm I'm lost. And then I said, oh, I suppose it's good cinematography. And mum went, they filmed it in far north Queensland. You can't f*** that up. Like, you make an excellent point, Trevelyn, and you should be a movie reviewer. There was another movie. There was a movie, um, Notes on a Scandal, and Kate Blanchett was in it. And mum went, saw it at the movies, and I went, how was it? And she goes, oh, it was just two and a half hours of cardigans. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, uh, President uh, G. Sorry, President 11. Am I reading that wrong? Um, <laughs> Uh, the Jinping, incidentally, the best-selling cocktail in China at the moment. Uh, dictator for life is essentially basically... Well, the, the thing is, with that term, there are certain get-outs in what for life means, as, for example, Colonel Gaddafi <laughs> would testify. There can be some fairly abrupt severance clauses. <laughs> in the dictator um, for life. Yeah. Uh, so they banned the letter N, which was... Uh, so it was, the various search terms were blocked on the Chinese uh, Twitter equivalent, uh, Weibo, um, including the the, uh, the the phrase personality cult. You can understand them banning the letter N from that, I guess. Uh, there could be mistypings. Um, also, uh, they banned 1984. All yes. references to 1984. Presumably the, the harrowing memory of England losing 5-0 <laughs> to the West Indies <laughs> in a test match series that summer. Lest we forget. Lest, lest never forget. <laughs> We can forgive, but we can never forget. I think that's the year Man U beat Everton, actually, in the FA Cup as well. Um, I didn't know you were a football girl. Uh, I think that was 85. Was it 85? I think Everton beat Watford in 84. Chris, can you check that, please? Stat check. Refereed by Peter Willis of County Durham, famously. First man ever to send someone off in a cup final. Uh, It was Everton nil, Manchester United won. Yeah, did. Right. It's 1985. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The reason N was banned, it was something to do with some mathematical formula that was tweeted as some kind of implied criticism of the government, I think. That, to me, sounds oversensitive. <laughs> Banning <laughs> 126... I mean, it's obviously not uh, the same alphabet, but let's go with 126th of the alphabet, sure. the, uh, the globally correct alphabet. <laughs> uh, well, a friend of mine in, in China was uh, viciously clamped down on by a succession of Chinese leaders over the years. Uh, firstly, because uh, he, uh, he promoted a, a new brand of uh, feminist... Alcoholic drinks, um, spirits, high alcohol drinks designed specifically for women, and uh, he was caught and he wore a, a lapel badge for his, uh, uh, she called his, his Xi Jin pin. Um, he got very nervous uh, as a result of this whenever confronted by anyone who looked like an authority figure, um, and particularly the prominent bit under his uh, his mouth. So we always like to keep with him at all times uh, a huge chin towel. Huge chin towel? Huge chin towel? I mean, 
maybe do need a slight working knowledge of Chinese leaders. Anyway, uh, but he wasn't happy with the quality, so he rang the uh, towel shop. And they said, don't worry, sir, we'll give you a replacement. You can change him in any of our high street stores. You can... No. No way. No way, he said. I've finished with retail outlets. I'm, I'm, done, I'm done shopping. He got really cross, and he pulled his trousers and underpants down to make his point about how cross he was. It was just a bit of a nervous tick he had, but no one should fa- fail to notice his tiny, tiny, almost rodent-like member. He had a mousy dong. Oh, oh wow. Thank you. I hate you so much. Yes. I'm going to walk out. <laughs> this, this early in your debut. I know. <laughs> um, but he was, uh, he was uh, surprisingly very gullible, easily hoodwinked. Uh, I once told him his favourite martial arts actor and star of uh, such films as Drunken Master, Rumble in the Bronx and Rush Hour was actually from Prague, not Hong Kong. He said, what, Andy? The Chan guy's check? The, the Chan guy's check? I mean, even you weren't confident in that last one. Not really. Could <laughs> you briefly take your headphones You know what the pun was there. Please, are they headphones clean off, please? The, head, the headphones are clean off, Chris. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <you're> gonna... <laughs> There's right. not more, is there? Well, no, but I just feel that, you know, the Chinese leaders need to be lampooned through the medium of the kind of bullshit they're trying to suppress. <laughs> Fight authoritarianism with puns. Yep, that's the only way. That's oh, the true or, meaning of satire. without the letter N, with pus. With pus. <laughs> <laughs> with pus. Uh, a Russian policeman has been uh, accused of uh, writing pro-Putin graffiti on, uh, on a fence. Um, oh, this is great, isn't yeah. it? The the police denied it was graffiti, and then the fence mysteriously disappeared. You know, the walking fences well, of Russia. It does suggest that Russia slightly lost its edge, because, <laughs> I mean, time was, it wasn't fences that would disappear, it was entire towns, the collected intelligentsia, and anyone who even looked like a poet. Now, just a fence. I mean, what are you, Putin, man or mouse? <laughs> but if we are, if he is listening, we do support the regime. <laughs> it's a bit of a desperate move, isn't it? It's kind of like sending a Valentine's card to yourself to make someone else jealous, oh, which exactly. I've totally never done. <laughs> Have you done it? Oh my god! Please tell me you've done I it. I did it at school. Yeah, oh, sweetie. it was to try and make Darren, this guy that I liked at the time, jealous. So I like, opened it in the classroom, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm pretending that I didn't know that there was going to be a, a Care Bear on the front of this. Oh, that's <laughs> so great. <laughs> I did. Look, I think with Putin, Putin is what happens if a movie was made where the plot is, what if an actual penis was a superhero? <laughs> he looks like an actual penis. His face looks like a penis with two eyes. Like he's ripped, but then just has a penis head. I'm not even like trying to be mean. He looks like a penis. He's a walking dick pic. He's a walking Snapchat dick pic. <laughs> Let's move on uh, to Why? <laughs> to the um, uh, the Italian elections uh, coming up this weekend, and um, well, the potential return of uh, bugle favourite uh, Silvio Berlusconi, and I don't know, it's a weird time for Berlusconi because since he was last in in, in power, the the goalposts for being a lunatic leader of Mm. Well, not so much moved as grown. Um, <laughs> Widened exponentially. It's almost like the America took one look at Berlusconi's Italy and raised them Trump's America. and, uh, and Supersized without, it. Yeah. They supersized. Without Italy digging Emperor Nero out of retirement, it's really see how hard to see how Berlusconi can match up to the levels that are being set around the world now. It's like a faded sports star coming back for one ill-advised last shot at the big time. I... Uh... 
I have a, I do have an explanation of what's going on with Berlusconi uh, at the moment in Italy uh, via my boyfriend. Right. Mm. There's a little section that we like to call Scottish boyfriend explains a thing. Oh, right. Okay. The return you, of Scottish the re- boyfriend explains. <laughs> the return of Scottish boyfriend explains. Accompanied by bagpipes, one will presume again. Uh, For cultural sensitivity. For cultural sensitivity and my beautiful attempt at the accent. Uh, Scottish boyfriend explains the thing. Here's a Henry. The Italians have brought in a new electoral system that requires any government seeking power to have the support of both chambers of parliament. It seems like they've implemented this because there's a new party who are likely to have a majority, but everyone in the main party thinks they're a bunch of fannies. So it's meant to streamline things, right? But it hasn't really. Add to the fact that Italy was one of the worst hit European countries in the 2008 financial crisis. You know, obviously not as bad as Greece, but close. Uh, And you end up with a fractured political landscape and lots of smaller parties with generally more and more extreme ideals. Not unlike here, really, only our electoral system makes it less likely that wankers like Farage get elected. Now, here's a really crazy thing that I just lost the accent there, but we'll find it. <laughs> Mind Berlusconi. I, the Play-Doh guy, looks like more of a heartbeat. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he got done having sex in drug-fueled bunga-bunga parties. Well, he's back in the fold as the leading force behind the coalition that has a strong chance of winning. Obviously, couldn't he be elected because of all the fraud and the toot? <laughs> but he'd have a lot of power again and it's maybe not a bad thing considering the far right candidate now has the backing of Steve Bannon better bunga bunga parties than make Italy great again no <laughs> actually I'll tell you what would make Italy great see how they're smashing pizzas that they make fire them in the deep fat fryer f***ing magic <laughs> there we go well now we all understand it <laughs> I yeah. find you a Bit more attractive is that? Is that? I enjoy like kind of living with someone that will occasionally talk to me, and it sounds like a threat. Yeah, I, I enjoy get that. that. You should have. You should have married a South African. I'm, I married a lawyer. So. <laughs> Very similar. Uh, it is weird the way Italy keeps coming back to Berlusconi. Um, it's uh, to me very much. I'm making the same mistake over and over again. It's like when you meet a man who's lost both hands in separate <laughs> threshing machine accidents. <laughs> you know, one could easily be misfortune, bad luck, at a stretch, horseplay. <laughs> Two, if he wanted to hurt himself. <laughs> a quick Brexit update now. And, uh, well, the launch of Empire Part 2 is getting closer, <laughs> seemingly, by the day. Uh, on an almost daily basis, uh, it seems. <laughs> Theresa May has said that Britain should come back together. Um, it's unclear when we were last together. Mm. Um, I, I think probably 1945 on VE Day was the last time that I we were so. anything approaching together. I quite like talking about Kingdom. Brexit. It's sort of been dragging on for so long. It's almost retro talking about it again. It's like, right, it's come back into fashion. Yeah, yeah. It's like a hyper colour t shirt of, you know, the terrible international decision. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, you guys going to collapse your economy from the inside. Great to see you again. Cute. Mm, like a magic eye picture. They're <laughs> yeah, coming back in. Exactly. What it's... is it? What is it? Is it fiscally fucked? It is. <laughs> it's Brexit. I mean, or a boat. Um, yeah, Brexit for me, I'm the opposite. I just, Brexit now stands for brain exit. I hear it and I just think, oh God. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I have anything fresh or exciting ne- to say about it and neither do the politicians. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing continues to be happening again no. and again after meeting me. Nothing's happening. Well, that's, 
I mean, what what this country voted for. Exactly. <laughs> we, we voted having not thought about what would happen afterwards, and the government has a duty to put that into practice. And that they void, are. That void of planning. If anything, they should be applauded for carrying out the lack the of res- planning. For respecting the will of the people. Exactly. Um, as the great Swedish philosophers Anderson and Ulvaeus famously wrote, breaking up is never easy, we know, <laughs> but we kind of have to go because we voted to go in a general hunchy kind of way without really looking at the specifics of what leaving actually entailed. And now going back on that or even revisiting it would make a lot of people really angry and we really need to take a long, hard bath of ourselves and think about how the f*** we do democracy better going forward. So it's an awkward situation, as uh, as they famously sang back in the 1970s. <laughs> Ther- <a> song. <laughs> Theresa May set out five tests that had my full attention uh, for a future EU-UK deal. That has less of my attention. Um... Will it it be a whitewash is the question. (laughs) She wants the deepest and broadest possible trade agreement to replace the deepest and broadest Mm. possible trade agreement we evicted ourselves from. Mm -hmm. Um, A betrayal of all those Leave voters who voted for isolation and national decline. Do their votes mean f***ing nothing? (laughs) She also said that... um, her long-term goal is a bespoke economic partnership. It's not a pantsuit, Teresa. <laughs> you can't just go in, give your measurements, then pick it up in a fortnight. It's a little bit more detailed than that. It's like breaking up, isn't it? And then going, but I still want to bang. I still want to bang <laughs> and live with you and co-parent our children and share bills. Yeah, but we're just not saying we're together. But we're not together. This, uh, these are the five points in the deal, apparently. Yeah. Any deal must respect the referendum result. Uh, any deal must not break down. That's nice and vague, isn't Love it? Love it. Yeah. Wow. Um, it must project, uh, protect jobs and security. A bit vague. <laughs> and any deal must be consistent with the kind of country we want to be. Modern, outward-looking and tolerant. Where the f*** was that in any of the campaigning? Um, <laughs> and any agreement must bring the country together. I mean, it's hard to... I mean, how can you li- issue that list of... It's hard to issue a vaguer list of demands other than just kind of going... Oh, yeah, there must uh, be signatures on it. Signatures, yeah, just draw like a cloud or something and that'll do. Just put together a thing, just a thing. Yeah. Just a, she might as well have written thing five times. Thing. Um, clearly the five tests we, we should be having, uh, will the agreement make us feel at least 1.6% more in control of our national destiny? <laughs> that is the threshold for an indefinable sense of national freedom. Um, also, will we still be able to send stag parties and other battalions of the Queen's Royal British Youthful Inebriards to vomit in the city centres of Europe's great capitals? And <laughs> That's a big one. That's very important. That will, should be number one, I think. Yeah. Will we get our promised V sign from the cliffs of Dover? Ah. Oh. As discussed, we yeah. must get that. Must be at least 500 metres tall. And will it enable Britain still to be able to blame all of our national problems on A, Europe, and B, Johnny and Jonathan Foreigner, or Jean <laughs> Etranger? <laughs> Or Gianna Straniero, Jan Auslander, or Juan Ignacio Extraniero. We need to pin it on all of them. We might have voted to leave the EU, but we did not vote to lose both of our keynote national scapegoats. Like any nation, we need scapegoats to stop us turning our mirror on ourselves. And Brexit or no Brexit, Europe must accept that this is one historic bond with the continent we will not abandon. <laughs> Please don't leave. I want to know if people of Britain can still go to the Leaning Tower of Pisa, stand about 100 metres in front of it, but make it look in a photo like they're the ones that are holding it up. Yeah. Are we still allowed to do that? You can't do that. You're probably all right as an Australian. If you That's true. Australian yeah. And American true. tourists are fine, but I think yeah. we're not... I'm so sorry for your allowed. loss, guys. That's yeah. the that's the big yeah. loss. Of this. I think we also have to take away anything that kind of is European-esque here. 
So, for example, al fresco dining has to go. That's. I think we it. never should have tried that in the first place. Really. We're not sort really of on the a, climate for it. No, on a <laughs> freezing cold day, seeing people go, I'll just sit under this heat lamp and pretend that I'm on holiday in continental Europe. I once saw it up, I was up in the northeast in Newcastle to do a show, and literally a group of Geordie women walked past, and there were some chairs outside, and one of them went, oh, I'm having that, and literally just picked it up and walked off with it. And it was... Perfect. it was. That's what the sharing economy is all about. <laughs> it was so be- It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I was like, this is the opposite <laughs> of what this kind of European spirit is, and I love it. Uh, Boris Johnson has, uh, as always, um, dipped his poisonous <laughs> cock into the inedible <laughs> stew of Brexit. Um, and, um, like a platypus. <laughs> the edible stew of steeped his balls in the... Um, and, uh, well, he's compared the Irish border to the different zones in London's congestion mm. charge. Um, uh, I was waiting for him to compare Boris bikes to repeal the eights. <laughs> <laughs> One ride and now you're f***ed. Oh. Um, <laughs> also said you uh, these words, and it's hard to know exactly what he meant by this. He said you can't suck and blow at the same time. Boris can. Well, evidently. <laughs> um, evidently he can. It's, uh, he it's blow, not helping, yeah. is it? He blows hot air and he sucks as a human. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. He can do both. I mean, I just... He never thought this is where he was going to be. He just wanted people to like him, yeah. Boris. That's what this whole thing has it's been... very a- similar to Trump in that. I don't think that either of them actually want to be in politics. They just want the notoriety, the power, the fame. Yeah, that's why I'm in comedy. Yes. <laughs> in a weird sort of badly thatched blonde hair mm. perched atop. Mm. I've never seen them in the same room at the same time, actually. So I don't want to. <laughs> you sure? Is that, is that not going to be hot for you, for yeah, No. no. <laughs> oh, no, no. You're putting things in my head. That's gross. <laughs> yeah, let's cross the pond to uh, the, the USA. USA! And um, uh, the president. Um, Trump Stiltskin himself has uh, followed some of his curious comments in the aftermath of the tragic shooting in Florida um, by saying that he would have run into the school <laughs> unarmed um, like the military hero he is. Um, <laughs> the, the draft dodging. To, um, <laughs> to deal with... I mean, like, in some ways, so I just thought, typical politician, just <laughs> always thinking... What would make me most popular? And Donald Trump clearly thought running in and being shot, that is finally the way to win over the Liberals to his cause. He's right. He's yep. absolutely right. There is, um, I think we've seen slightly in, in the past few days, the benefits of having a president who essentially just pisses with the wind. Um, and, you know, will, you know, if there's a particularly strong public movement, he will, you know, swing behind it in some ways. And he, even he has urged lawmakers not to be afraid of opposition from the uh, National Rifle Association, despite all the things he said to them in the past. And essentially, as I say, he just wazzes with the wind. And, uh, I mean, it's it's slightly surprising to hear him come out um, in favour of not completely tooling everyone up in America for their own personal Passchendaele's. Um, the Passchendaele's, incidentally, easily the world's most harrowing male strippers. <laughs> oh, the mud. Do you have to take it all off? Are they from Passion for the, of the Christ? <laughs> <laughs> They're the dancers that didn't make the cut. 
Well, um, it goes to show how he just needs to be like halfway decent and like how public yes. opinion will swing. Well, I'm not sure if I actually said this on the Unbelievable Ashes podcast, but when you have uh, bad mental health, when you like if you're if you're very, very depressed and then you get slightly better, you think you're normal again. It's just that your standards of good have become so low that you're like, oh, this is probably how I was living before. You know, I mean, I haven't shat myself. That's got to be something, guys. <laughs> yeah. it's And we can't even say that Trump hasn't shat himself. We yeah, don't we know. We don't know that for we certain. We don't know. We don't. Andy, have you got any insight on that? Uh, don't, not a great deal. Have we you can, shat yourself, Andy? Let's talk about it. I have. Have you? Great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've done it a couple of times. <laughs> That's the point that, that Andy yeah. just looks out at Chris. Yeah. Chris is like, no, 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 do the shitting yourself. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. how Andy turns the same colour as his hair. Yeah. <laughs> I did once um, accidentally shit myself on a water slide. Oh, was, that's the worst. It was kind of like that's an unexpected thing. enema. Were you scared or was it just like no, you it ate was... too quickly and then went straight into the water? No, it was none of those things. It was I came <laughs> off really quickly one way and the water came the other way and gave me an unexpected enema. Oh, literally. So the the water literally just... <laughs> and he's like, none you of this the, is making it. You the are the kid that they had to evacuate because yes, of. Yes. Oh, am. my God, we've met one. Australia news. Look, it's not all bad news, guys. Sometimes we just need a stereotype to, <laughs> to restore us to sanity. And so you'll be happy to know that there was a little festival that took place very recently in a town called Curry Curry. <laughs> Tell me you don't love it already. So good they named it twice. They just hosted the inaugural mullet festival. Yeah. I mean, this is something that humanity has been waiting for. It's just... The celebration of... You know, the world's most practical hairstyle. Is that how far behind Australia is? No, mate. We just <laughs> kept it, was... it in our hearts. <laughs> right, OK. The Curry Curry are actually saying they started the mullet. They're saying it's it was invented. Wow. That's big claim. Big claim. Come, that's yeah. a bullshit. Yeah, well. Jesus had a mullet. D- did he? <laughs> just about. No. Depends which way you look at it. Yeah, this, it was. It was business at the front party at the back. Yeah. Jesus' hair, famously. <laughs> it's very, very versatile. You'll be happy to know um, there was a competition and there was categories. Uh, there's your everyday one, you know, your everyday mullet. Everyday That's your mullet. casual yeah. going up to the shops haircut. Uh, then there's the grubby a grubby mullet was, oh. you get, and I don't know if that's That to do, sounds like a cocktail. The grubby mullet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's to do with the quality of haircut or the hygiene of the hair. Either way, and I want to see it. So, I mean, if you're not going to use that as your everyday mullet, when do you need the grubby? Well, just, I mean, it depends what kind of person you want to put yourself across as. Right. If you want to be taken as a family mullet, you know, the, like someone that participates in society, it's a community mullet a is community. your everyday mullet. Really? Right. But a grubby mullet, I think... Um, it's got a perm in it. It's got some curl. It's got some kick in it's it. It's got some unwashed curls, I would say. If not a dread, I reckon there's probably a dready or two. De- right. Definitely a rat's tail hiding underneath the mullet. Right. Oh, yeah. It's the Chuck Norris of haircuts. There's okay. a little punch waiting underneath. Underneath it. <laughs> um, this is real. Ranger was one of the categories. Now, Ranger, as in we, redhead. As in redhead. That was, it's a ginger mullet. That was, right. that was a, a competition. Yeah. You could go all right. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of business at the front. There's so much party at the back. <laughs> so, so you're all party. That's what they say about Salzburg. It's all yeah. party at the back. Yeah. You look like you've run so far towards business that you've just got party shooting out the back of you. <laughs> um, there was also women's. 
Oh. The women's the, mullet and the your mullet oh. for her. The mullet the for mullet. her. The she mullet. Yeah. And your she mullet is so nice. Imagine <laughs> all of the cast of Prisoner Cell Block H. Yeah, that's actually there was only one entrant, and it was an eleven-month-old girl, so she wouldn't have had a choice in that anyway. It's no. a non-consensual mullet. That's what that was. And finally, juniors. There's a juniors mullet, and right. the sweetest part of that is um, that the winner <laughs> said, with the fifty-dollar prize money, he was going to buy a girl, his girlfriend, a pie. Oh, that's someone yes. that doesn't have a girlfriend, doesn't oh. it? <laughs> what does every woman want apart from a pie? Well, what'd you get for Valentine's Day? I can't tell you. Tell me. All right, I'll just show you. <laughs> that was my pie. That's and nice. it's such a good news story. There was a guy who left the festival. It's a festival, and he broke his leg because he was on his way to KFC. Of course he fucking was. Of course he <laughs> to was. to meet Trump. Oh yes. <laughs> oh. Um, the uh, I mean, there have been some great mullets. In, oh, Jesus, essentially, wasn't far off from a mullet. Isaac Newton. I mean, uh, and uh, Benjamin Franklin, one of the founding fathers of uh, the USA. Oh, actually. Oh, anyway, that's pretty much a mullet for I me. I don't think you know what a mullet is, mate. <laughs> well, you know, it's maybe stretching. Mullet, of course, etymologically quite interesting, from a Latin word uh, meaning uh, let him grow it long at the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chris Waddle. I was just reminded of the far Chris, show then. Chris yeah. Waddle, famous yeah. mullet. Famous. Um, well, that's. I think that's when the mullet in Britain really ceased. took off, didn't it? Or well, I'm saying it ceased to be an acceptable haircut when Chris Waddle missed that penalty in the World Cup semi-final. <laughs> oh, it became attached to shame. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the footballing version of Hitler's moustache. Yeah, there was an Australian comedian last time I was out doing shows in Adelaide called Chris Something who has a mullet. I mean, oh, God. there's more than he's, one Chris no, comedian that has a well, mullet, Chris, absolutely. Is there? Because this guy did a version of... Oh, the Chris song, Franklin. Yeah, who did yes. a song, a version of the Meredith Brooks song, yes. Bitch, called I'm a Bloke. And that was a number one hit in Australia <laughs> for a long time. It was a, a, a countrywide hit. Like, it was number one on the charts, Bloke. I'm a bloke, I'm an ocker, and I really love your knockers. Wow. I'm a labourer by day. I piss up all me pay. Look, it was a huge hit. I, I have absolutely no problem with that song whatsoever. <laughs> um, and it was, you, I mean, it's rare that a comedian has a number one hit, so full respect. Pain news now, and doctors have confirmed that period pain can be, quotes, as painful as a heart attack. What? Yep. Really? Yes, as painful as a as a heart attack. Now I, I'm a man who has never had a heart attack, um, mm-hmm. but I think you know us men can still relate to it. And Chris will back me up on this. But I've I've heard that it's also equivalent to uh, seeing your team concede a last minute goal. <laughs> yeah, very Absolutely. similar. I think yeah. this wish this should be titled not pain news, but no shit, Sherlock news. Yeah. <laughs> um, it it's incredible and sad. And I know that last time I came on to the bugle I did talk about periods and the fact that I thought I was sinking with the apocalypse so as far as I'm concerned stories wise if it bleeds it leads Um, (laughs) I want to be the person that brings periods to the bugle consistently to upset people but I I am sometimes you don't have a choice you just bring your periods to the bugle your period is here it's present it's like another person in the room but basically the sad thing about this is how women's pain is just not taken seriously or listened to and I'm someone who's sort of suffered from this. I take codeine regularly. My first day is apocalyptic. And um, because I'm, you know, as I 
described it before. I'm building a house in my vagina and it's in the process of being demolished. So, you know, we're in a deconstruction phase. It's very painful. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I've had pethidine shots, which is what they give women when they're going into labour. You know, it's a serious thing. So I think a lot of women have been like, yes, we know. Uh, but finally to have doctors turn around and go, oh, no, this is a thing where we, we, we hear you. Yeah, it's just like, unless we can relate it to everyone, it doesn't count. It's like, oh, you say it's really bad. I just don't know if men are going to buy that. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a vagina, so I can't really understand. Yeah, like, and it's not even like feminists going, yeah, we, like, this is women going, we've been telling you for f***ing centuries. <laughs> like, we pass out from the pain. We're not making that up. We're not like, oh, fragile little flowers. We can pass a person through our gines. <laughs> yeah. The vagine can take a person, so we can take the pain. But we're telling you that it is still painful. Yeah. So yeah. what are you going to f***ing do about it, Andy? <laughs> right. What are you personally going to well, do about it? I yeah. Think, well, I'm, I'll, I'll Did have... you bring your man ponds no, today? What I will do is I will I will eat as unhealthily as possible until I have a heart attack and then I will be able to relate to it. Thank you. Yeah. And, and you I would then encourage all men to do the same. Every month. For Every three month. days. Yeah. I will have a, a three-day <laughs> heart attack. attack. That's yeah. the pledge that the bugle is going to make, and I yeah. would like the listeners to do the same. If there are any people that were born uh, uh, without female reproductive organs for the next... Well, the rest of your life. Every month you have to eat badly enough to have a heart attack once a month that lasts at least one day. My dad did that once at Christmas, ate 20 roast potatoes and gave himself a mild heart attack. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't he for knows. me for periods, but he did. It was part and of the struggle. Here's the thing. I think all men need to step up now and understand. Partners, boyfriends, husbands need to be able to say, yes, I understand how painful this is. Go out and buy the tampons. I mean, my, my fiancé does. He's quite good. I'll send him out to buy them. But he will say, what magnitude? <laughs> That's so right. there's there's a part of him that still has to make it like a gun and a bullet, but I right. accept that. That's, That's okay. A, what size engine do you need? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how many how many liter fuel tankies do you want? <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. How many how many shots at goal is this? I don't know. <laughs> what other things do men talk about? <laughs> That's it, really. That's really it these days. How um, how, how many is it? Have there been a lot of test runs. Yeah. Is it big bash? <laughs> is it one day out, or is this a five day test? <laughs> <laughs> there we go well on that moving note it is now time to uh, wrap up this episode uh, thank you very much for listening buglers um we will be back next week uh thanks to felicity for joining us for the first time i'm so a- sorry i'll never be asked back again <laughs> thanks to tiff uh, whose tour is uh, currently underway as soon as the weather relents and yeah. to get out of London. As soon as, I'm hoping Tuesday, which will now be the new first day of the tour, um, which will be Colchester. And then I'm Leeds, City Varieties, Soho Theatre in May, everywhere else. You know, go and look on my website. Find me on Twitter. I have a Netflix special, if oh, anyone cool. wants to watch that. It's yeah. under the Live from the BBC um, series on... It's only Netflix, Ireland and and um, the UK. It's not anywhere else in the world. So right. if you are outside that region, suck it. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. It's not good anyway. No, um, I think that's all. Um, and if you want to see my gigs, then um, I have a website, which is right. just felicityward.com. There you go. Well, there you go. Uh, thank you for listening, Buglers. Until next time, goodbye.
Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. <laughs>